Welcome to the Scribner Australia podcast, books that talk. Hello, my name is Tegan Bennett Daylight, and I'm a writer, a teacher, and a literary critic. I'm an author of several books, the most recent of which is a collection of essays, The Details, on love, death, and reading. This book was the inspiration for this series of podcasts, and it explores the ways, the ways readers and writers absorb books into their daily lives and bring their daily lives into their reading. Today, I'm lucky enough to be talking to Ian Maguire, a writer, academic, and co-founder of the University of Manchester's Centre for New Writing. Ian is the author of the amazingly page-turning novels, Incredible Bodies, and the 2016 man book long-listed novel, The North Water. Scribner will publish his new novel, The Abstainer, in September 2020. And it's a great pleasure to have you here, Ian. Well, thanks, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Tegan. Nice to be together across all that water that's between us, yes. that virus that's between us. <laughs> let's talk first, Ian, before we actually name your book, let's talk first about the idea of being in conversation with a book. What does this mean to you first as a reader and then as a writer? Um, well, I suppose as a writer, I mean, I think, you know, Cormac McCarthy is in one of his rare interviews says something like books come from other books, which, which I think is true really for me and as a writer, as, and also because as a teacher, you know, I've spent so long, so many years teaching American writing and teaching novels um, that they kind of part of my subconscious in some way. And, and so when I write, I think I draw on those as a resource without often without really being aware of it, you know, the, the sort of rhythms or images might come, which afterwards I realize are, are borrowed or, or inspired by something that I've read. Um, so so it, it's a kind of well of, um, a well of sort of linguistic and thematic sort of richness, which you, which you draw on, I think, as, as a writer. Um, yeah. Um, and I think, as, especially as te you know, teaching for so long, I think one of the one of the privileges of teaching literature is is just revisiting these works again and again and reading them in a way with a kind of intensity which you might not otherwise read them. Um, and they, I think it's kind of lock lock into your into your consciousness, into your subconscious. I think. Yeah, there's a close engagement with the text when you have to teach it, isn't there? Yes. I really discovered. I sort of had to write a book to learn this, that after writing the details, I realised one of the reasons I found it so easy to talk about books was that I was so used to standing in front of a class talking about them. So tell me, what is today's book for you? What's the book that you're still in conversation with? Uh, well, the book is, is Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian, um, which is an astonishing sort of revision of the American Western published in the mid-80s. Mid um, which I first encountered, I think I was just trying to remember in the early nineties, I think, and I was kind of amazed and sort of blown away by, by the linguistic power of it, but also by the kind of the violence of the imagination behind it as well. Can you remember that first encounter? Was it through university or through friends or just through browsing of your own? I can't remember where, why I picked it up. I mean, I have my first copy and it, I, it's, uh, I was at, I was in America, I was doing my PhD at the University of, of Virginia and the, my copy has a, has a sticker from the University of Virginia bookshop. So that, that's, <clears throat> I know when I, when I read it, 
Um, why I read it, I don't know. Maybe because I think McCarthy's name became really well known in the early 90s with the Border Trilogy. So I possibly picked it up as a, as a result of that. Um, and then I went on and read the Border Trilogy and, and just continued reading all the books that, as they came out. And then at some point, I can't remember when I went back and reread or read everything that he'd published before then as well. Yeah. Um, it's such a delight, isn't it? You find a, a central book and then you sort of read, you, your reading radiates out from around it. So tell Yeah, it's great, to, it's great to do that. I've had a, that with a few writers where you kind of come to them slightly late to the kind of party. Um, and then you realize you've got, you know, five or six novels. They're already there just waiting to be read. You don't have to wait for two or three years for the new one to come out. That's right. Just waiting for you. Now, this is where I'd usually ask an author what their book is about. And of course, I want you to tell the listener that. But I also want you to tell us about the texture of it. First, tell us what's in Blood Meridian and then tell us about what it feels like to read it. What's, what's it about first up? Uh, well, it's, a, it's set in the, in the kind of southwest and the border territory between the United States and Mexico in the mid-19th century. And it becomes about a gang of scalp hunters, basically, a kind of a gang of, of whites who are, who are hired by Mexican, the Mexican governments to, to hunt uh, Apaches and Comanches uh, who are causing trouble and so it becomes a, the story of this gang of sort of brutal renegades moving through this, what becomes kind of an apocalyptic landscape, trying to, trying to sort of slaughter Indians and then in, in, in turn being chased um, through the landscape again. I mean, I think one of the, the most striking things for me about Blood Meridian is always the language. I mean, the kind of, uh, McCarthy employs this, amazing kind of archaic biblical um, language to to try and render uh, the landscape and the people um, and and it, it's full of words which you've never heard before I mean almost every paragraph or every sentence contains these kind of very strange sort of striking um, words which are not he didn't make them up, but that you haven't heard before. So it, had, it gives a flavor of your entering this, this different world, really, um, which, which is a kind of intensification of, of real history, but, but also digs down into something which is, I think, self-consciously very kind of mythic, that he's, he's not really interested in, in the sort of details of, of everyday experience. He's trying to dig down to, to suggest sort of certain... Um, kind of eternal, I suppose you could say, or non-historical facts about human beings and uh, human experience. It's all, it's all in what I guess I might call the voice, isn't it? It's, su it's such yeah. a remarkable and such an arresting voice. It is, yeah, and, and it, it's, it, it's like nothing else. I think, I think I'm sure that was something that I was struck by straight away, that, that that voice and that language and the kind of boldness of the of these enormous rolling incantatory sentences is just like something you've never never read before. I mean, I've spoken to lots of people who picked it up for the first time and just thought that this is this is like no other novel they've encountered. Um, and, it, and and that is, I think, that is the most. I mean, when rereading it, that is still the most amazing thing about it—the kind of boldness with which he kind of coins almost this new 
new kind of language to describe this this space in the landscape um yeah it's amazing i love that word boldness to describe it if there's some sometimes some certain kinds of writing for me uh probably about the time you were reading blood meridian i was reading um tony morrison's beloved and it uh, had yes. the same effect on me it's it's as a writer it's oddly a very freeing effect don't you think Yes, I think it's. I think it opens up. I mean, there's kind of a sense of abundance. I think when I read someone like McCarthy, that that language is not this kind of limiting thing. It's actually this this sort of enormous store, which which seems never ending in its kind of richness. And the, the yeah, I think I think there's a kind of freeing. It frees you up in that sense that you can you realize that the novel can do things that you maybe didn't realize before that it that it could do really that you can push it in ways that you didn't weren't aware of before. Yeah, yeah. I actually found um, in the mid-90s when uh, people in Australia seemed mostly to be reading Blood Meridian that I could always guarantee that there were a couple of young men in a class who were writing under McCarthy's spell. Did you this yourself in your teaching? Um, did I notice students writing in kind of a, in the McCarthy style? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I think, I think it's an, it's one of those styles which is so powerful that it's easy to drop into the rhythm and, and become a kind of pastiche of it, isn't it? I think there's a, like, it's like Hemingway or someone like that. You can easily sort of fall into it in some sense. Um, so yeah, occasionally, I mean, I think it, it, these days it seems to me it's a kind of, it's, um, I think McCarthy in the UK anyway is, is kind of a niche, a more of a niche kind of interest that not that many young people know about his work. But yes, if they, if they pick it up, they often fall under, fall under its spell. And actually I have a, I have a 15 year old nephew who has suddenly become a mad Cormac McCarthy fan. And he, he, he sent me his writing and it's, it's kind of, it's amazing how, how well he's learned the kind of shapes and the kind of grammatical structures which which McCarthy employs. I actually find that a very very thrilling thing to think about. <laughs> um, you hear some writing teachers say to their students that they should avoid influence as much as possible and try to find their own voice but I actually think wearing the mask of another writer is the way to find your own voice. Oh I 100% agree with that yeah I think um, I think influence is a great thing. I kind of encourage my students to be influenced, really, because I think you're absolutely right that, um, that I mean, I think most writers do find their own voice through, through emulating someone else and through finding, I think that moment where you find a writer who you think, oh, I'd really like to write like that. I wish I could, I wish I could do that is a really important moment in a kind of a writer's development um, because it, it just allows you to, gives you a structure in which to in which you can sort of discover your own sort of what you want to add to that i mean i think yeah i agree i think originality can be very over overstated or the importance of originality can be overstated often what we think of as original is is, is a little small tweak or a small development of a kind of tradition that already already exists yeah we're clearly in total agreement here <laughs> um how does McCarthy's work work in yours? How does he speak so directly to you? What's, and can his influence be traced in your writing, do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, I, I, the, the point when MacArthur became really important to me as a writer was when I was beginning to think about writing The North Water, the sec my second novel, um, because it was so different from my first novel, The Incredible Bodies is a kind of campus novel, a comedy set in the present day or a version of the present day. And then The North Water is, this, is about a murderer on a 19th century whaling ship. And I was really uncertain about how I was going to manage this. It seemed like such a big leap stylistically and thematically. And it just, I was, I was just wondering how it could be done. And I was thinking about, well, what, you know, who, who has or done something similar? Who, who's, who can I use as a model? And McCarthy sprung to mind. Um, and so that, that's a point at which I went back and I read, I definitely reread Blood Meridian, I think I reread several of the other novels as well. Um, and it was a real, I mean, I, I don't think North, The North Water could have been written in, in the way it is without, without McCarthy and probably without Blood Meridian particularly. It just gave me a way in. Um, and I think in, in The North Water, I mean, McCarthy's influence is palpable, I think, in, at various points. Um, you know, just in, there are certain passages which seem to me very heavily sort of indebted to, to McCarthy. Um, and, and in a, I think, in yeah, a beautiful I mean, way, in a beautiful way, I thought. I, I thought the voice in the North Water was absolutely complete and absolutely your own. It's such a rich and incredibly tightly plotted novel. It's not just that the language is so beautiful, but the movement of it is incredible. But it's, it's just so whole. I found it really thrilling to read. And there is, there is, I mean, the very first moments in the book, I thought, hang on. So the, 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 first, the first line of the North Water is, I think, behold the man. Yes. It's, I turned to Blood Meridian and I read the first line and the first line is see the child. And I thought that is so beautiful, such a beautiful calling out to another writer. Was that conscious or did you just notice that later? No, it was conscious. Yeah, it was yeah. conscious. I suppose that that sort of tells you how how important the, the Blood Meridian was to the to that novel. That I I just um, I I wanted to start on that note and kind of and it and it's such a it's such a lovely little you know start with a short declamatory sentence is such a great way to begin. Uh, so yeah, it was very conscious. And then actually, only afterwards, people pointed out that of course, behold, the man has other resonances as well, kind of biblical resonances of echo homo and things like that. So it was an interesting example of kind of, yeah, I was consciously echoing McCarthy and then, and then unconsciously echoing lots of other things as well. Probably also Moby Dick a little bit with Call Me Ishmael on the beginning of that. Of so um, yeah, yeah. And, and so I began with on that note and then the word, there are certain moments where I just, you know, I think sometimes as a novelist, you kind of, well, what, you know, wonder how how am I going to solve this problem, or how I'm going to how am I going to manage this particular point of which I've I've come to, and then then you kind of more deliberately reach back to another writer and see if you can sort of steal or borrow some of their techniques to get you over that particular hurdle. Do you? I'd I'd like to imagine you doing the writing when I um, when I'm deep in writing a book. I generally will have six or seven books on the desk around me, and some of them are open. My last book was a collection of short stories, and as I approach the end of each of my short stories, I would open one of the six or seven Alice Munro books I had <laughs> on the desk, 
just to take, it was really just to take a drink of Alice Munro, to take mm. from that well to kind of sustain me through. Do you, is it as active as that for you? Do you have books open around you as you write? I think, I think with the North Water, it, prob it probably was, yeah, in the sense of, I, I, I think I probably, as I, over the two or three years of writing, was also reading and rereading McCarthy through that period. Um, so it was a kind of a back and forth. Um, I mean, I am, I suppose now as I've written another novel and I'm working on another novel after that, I'm, I'm suppose I'm slightly, you know, I'm, I'm the, my sense of his influence has become a bit more complicated. I think that I'm kind of aware of, of not wanting simply to kind of repeat myself and, and, and fall into a kind of pastiche. So I, I think my relationship with him has become probably a bit more complicated in some ways than it, than it was with the North Water, where the North Water was, was very much a kind of borrowing and a kind of sense of the power of, power of Blood Meridian would be something I could, I could borrow to, to push through my own, my own work. Yeah, um, yeah. My final question is about uh, recommending Blood Meridian to new reader you said that your 15 year old nephew um has started to read mccarthy i've got a 15 year old son he reads a lot of manga <laughs> <laughs> what would you how would you get him started if if you had my job trying to <laughs> son to read blood meridian the way your nephew is what would you say to him how would you involve him in it well i mean not, the novel is tremendously sort of exciting um, I think, you, and it's a Western, I suppose that, that's one thing you might start with. It, it is a kind of Western and it draws on, it draws not only on the sort of literature of West, but also on the film, films of the West, you know, Sam Peckinpah and, and the, the wild bunches behind that as well. So I, I think, you know, one way of, one way of engaging people is just, you know, it, it's a novel which picks up all these ideas of the kind of the West and the, the cowboys and the Indians, and then just throws them up in the air and to totally transforms them and passes them through, through a kind of mesh of the current day that, it, that, you know, the kind of violence, we haven't really talked about the violence in the novel, no. but it's, it's a novel of extreme sort of still horrifying violence. I think, um, I'm not sure if that, <laughs> For some readers, whether that's an attraction or or something might put them or off, not. but yeah. I yeah. think for you know that that's certainly a a very distinctive element to it, the kind of unrelenting um, brutality of the story. Yeah, and that's certainly present in the North Water as well, isn't it? There's a great deal of savagery and brutality in the North Water. Very interesting. Okay. Thanks so much for talking, us, talking to us today, Ian. I've been talking with Ian Maguire, novelist and teacher, about the book that talks to him, which is Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. It's available as a Picador classic and can be ordered from all good bookshops, but I ask you to, to look forward to Ian's new novel, The Abstainer, as his others. It's a wonderful page turner. I think you're going to enjoy it very much. Thanks so much for being with us, Ian. Thank you for having me, Tegan.